The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perra columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Uh, Garen Perra is happy to say he's back in the space he, uh, he likes this week with a lightly capitalised junior explorer looking for copper, nickel, cobalt, you name it, in the West Pilbara and other parts of WA. I'm talking about green tech metals. The code is GRE. It only floated in... Uh, early January last year after raising $5 million and it's currently trading at $0.12 for a market cap of around $5.5 million. Now one thing we can say about Green Tech is it's probably got uh, some of the most experienced guys around in the exploration game working away on shareholders' behalf and they're led by Tom Redcliffe who is the Executive Director. Tom's well known, uh, he's been around uh, as a geologist for more than 40 years, and uh, some would know that he is, of course, credited with having found the Merlin Diamond Field in the Northern Territory, which uh, I think has still got the title of producing Australia's biggest recovered diamond at 104 carats. Anyway, that's by the by. As I said, Green Tech is very much focused on the battery metals, as most good junior explorers are nowadays. So with that, I'm going to uh, say, g'day, Tom. Welcome back to the program. Oh, thanks, Barry. <coughs> very, very uh, good to be back again. Now, Tom, the flagship is uh, the Wundu Copper Zinc project up there in the West Pilbara. You've been busy drilling away. How's it advanced since uh, the company listed? Well, Barry, we, as you say, we've been uh, very busy uh, all of last year and uh, we've commenced again this year pretty much the same. We did uh, roughly about 6,000 metres in the first half of last year of, of RC drilling on the um, Wandu project. A bit later in the year, we followed up with another 800-odd metres, and as we speak, we're currently on our third program there with a small follow-up program again of about 500 metres. And look, we've sort of increased the uh, resources there from around 2.7 million uh, tonne to 3.6 million tonne. However, having said that, we uh, have yet to include the results of all of the drilling that we have done last year and this year, for that matter, and we would expect you know, to increase those resources further. We have a pretty methodical approach to it, and uh, you know, it's not uh, because it's essentially a brownfields area. You, know, it's not, you don't get those exciting discovery uh, drill holes or anything like that. We are methodically going through testing, you know, uh, downhole EM conductors and things like that to try and grow the uh, resource that is known there. Okay, and the deposit itself is uh, very interesting. It's a string of BMS deposits that occur over a strike length of some two kilometres within our tenements. Okay, there probably this may be further along strike. There are others yet to be found. A couple of those, well, probably about three of those uh, outcrop at surface. Uh, they were known. That's Wandu, uh, West and East Lobes, and uh, the Asia deposit, which we bought into the inventory uh, because of about a million tonnes there of copper and zinc. And uh, more recently, uh, we're looking at a little uh, prospect there called Yannery, okay, which actually historically had uh, underground, some underground, shallow underground workings and so forth, and we're drilling there as we speak. Now, the uh, 
you mentioned it was a Brownfields area. I think Wim Creek mined it back in the 70s and Fox Resources did some in the early uh, 2000s. So it's a VMS field. So you, the story is what, you get these uh, smallish by BHP standard uh, copper deposits uh, with some zinc in them uh, scattered over the horizon more or less, is it? Yes, look, they they occur in what you might say they're nested deposits. Okay, there's a series of them. Yeah, they're obviously uh, related to volcanic activity. And when, when you get one, you get more, etc. Okay, but how they differ, of course, from some of the uh, BHP deposits, of course, is they can be very high grade. They vary, uh, they're like uh, little, in some ways, little uh, volcano type things. Okay, they're very thick in the middle and thin towards the edges and when the stuff goes, flows out on the seafloor. So by way of example at Wandu there with the pits itself, I mean, we've drilled there and, you know, you get 50, 60 metres, you know, going over 1%, averaging over 1% copper. You get gold credits in there, you get zinc, et cetera. So the uh, intersections can be quite uh, quite large. And um, Chase, we're trying to expand on this now so because uh, there's other deeper, deeper targets there as well. And one of those is Austin, which is just off the end of of the Wandu deposit, but seems to be a separate entity. It, it goes in, it's, it's actually underneath Wandu, it's deeper or whatever, but it, it plunges down dip and we're currently chasing that by means of uh, drilling and uh, followed by downhole EM and then chasing the conductors that are identified. So we just in the process of testing a quite a strong conductor down there, about 30,000 Siemens. So we're waiting just to see uh, uh, whether that represents uh, mineralisation or not. Uh, it usually does in the, this context. Okay, and another deeper target was Shelby, which which had a one singular historic hole. It was quite deep at around close to 400 metres, okay, but quite a thickness, you know, um, about 15, 16-odd metres thick of mineralisation. Over, over again, one to two percent copper. So there's lots of stuff in there to follow up, and um, because if you look at the field itself, you know it's about two kilometres long as far as we know it today, and uh, but half of that over a kilometre is one very broad conductive halo, I suppose you might want to call it, and in that it contains is contains Shelby, Austin, and the Wandu bodies. And we're sort of poking around in those uh, to find the mineralisation, which we assume uh, is uh, causing the EM, the conductivity. And uh, you just have to have a methodical approach to it rather than, I guess, uh, just random drilling. Okay. And it takes time and um, it costs. Okay. So, but we've gone pretty hard last year on it. And we've started again this year, so um, as we try, well, we're building up the resources and um, we'll probably be able to put out a, uh, a an updated resource soon. Uh, we've been putting all the new uh, drill hole information together. And, uh, we're, uh, you know, quietly confident that we'll get some good numbers out of it. Now, you're located about uh, 40 kilometres from Caratha there, a very modern city, um, Gateway for Australia's LNG to the world, of course. I think population is 40,000 people. So all the all the services you would want in uh, that part of the world. Plus, you've got this um, uh, nearby neighbour with the uh, Radio Hill plant, about twelve kilometres away. So I'm just building up to a question around 
it might be a bit early, but I'm just wondering what sort of critical mass do you think you'll need in a, a resource to get a pro, uh, start thinking about uh, developing a project? Barry, we're already thinking and doing back of the envelope sort of calculations, etc. And uh, you know, very shortly we'll be looking at more closely at the processing options for Wandu. Okay, and you know, potentially uh, Radio Hill could be one, obviously. And um, if that were available, you know, Artemis is a, a shareholder, of course, of Green Tech Metals. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just starting to look in, into this uh, aspect of it. Initially, of course, we'll fo- we have been and will remain focused on building the resource to get to some sort of critical mass. But obviously, a nearby plant makes a big difference as to what that that resource number needs to be. Generally speaking, if you're going to build your own plant or something, uh, you might need extra tonnes, so it gets down really at the end of the day to mine life, okay, and throughput and stuff like that. So, mm, yeah. uh, But we're continuing uh, with the whole, uh, you know, project uh, because, um, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, fairly confident we can, we've got a good chance of, of Getting there, so um, being forty k from Karatha doesn't hurt. Oh well, that's uh, I tell you what, that's right. The um, you know there's really a bitumen road to within probably about three or four kilometres of Wandu deposit. Mm. Okay, so uh, you can mostly be for logistic purposes uh, in terms of personnel and that everybody uh, commutes out of out of Karatha. Yeah. It is a great place. Uh, it's less than two hours out of Perth by plane. On a big bird too, not a you know noisy twin prop out to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Is that you know? It's um, dare I say a broker's delight. You, you, you can, <laughs> Careless delight too. Let me tell you. <laughs> you can fly up there and sort of visit the the project and go to the pub and then come home the same night day. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So it's uh, yeah, it, it's very good, and the uh, the t- terrain is is relatively easy as well. You know, it's not a, not overly vegetated and uh, a little bit rocky in parts, but you can get around. Visibility is good, so you know there's a lot of play. You know, it's not as if you're at the end of an 800 kilometer dirt road or anything like that, which some of the projects are. Logistically, it's it's pretty easy. You know, there are ports there, obviously in Karratha and other places. They're taking the iron ore out, so. It's got everything going for it, and uh, as you say, there's a big mining services uh, community there as well. You know, if you want anything done, so no, it's a great, great place. Augers well for the uh, doing something at uh, Wandu. I have to mention, of course, that you've uh, increased your footprint there quite substantially uh, with this uh, pickup of the Bertram uh, project area. Tell us a bit about that. Like a lot of these uh, in that area, okay, there's. Um, a lot of little prospects in that were that we looked at, you know, back 2006, and some of them even before that. I think Bertram might have had its uh, first first uh, look at discovery back in 1970. You know, at the time, metal prices were different. A lot of things were different. You know, never people never progressed them or investigated these uh, things uh, to the degree you know that we would today. So we picked that up because actually it joins Wandu Tenement. Okay, and it's only a few kilometres away. In fact, uh, where Bertram itself is, but it, Bertram is really a you know. There's a series of um, prospects there. There's copper at surface, little um, testing pit shaft, and what it put on onto it. And um, there was some EM flow on there. Some t- drill holes put into test conductors, and there were some 
disseminated um, sulfide, you know, copper, copper, nickel. Actually, it was a copper, nickel thing uh, deposit uh, uh, intersected. Okay, no resources were ever, you know, there wasn't. These were just singular holes put in, and um, Fox Resources, who had it at the time, sort of moved on. Okay, we think it's worth another look. Um, so, because we want to, as you know, we have Ruth Well, which is half a million tonnes of uh, nic- uh, a nickel uh, resource up at um, Ruthwell. Okay, it's got some interesting grades as well. So there's all the, a lot of little prospects around like that mm. that we could bring into the fold if necessary. And uh, just on sort of Radio Hill, of course, it was a nickel plant, okay, it can in nickel copper yeah, yeah. processing, uh, mm. concentrating plant, so... And uh, so all of these things, so, you know, we think we should, uh, you know, if we can move uh, Wandu forward, all of these other things, you know, uh, can come in, come into play as well. So uh, we're going to have a look at it. And I guess we shouldn't forget that uh, if you look at, well, copper plus $4 a pound now, uh, nickel still holding there up at around US uh, 29,000 a ton. And zinc, uh, you know, $1.48, $1.50 a pound. Um, Great prices. Yeah, look, they are, and and you know, while in the you know short term things they, they can you know fluctuate etc. Uh, I think there's a general consensus that as as the uh, world changes, you know, in its demand for the um, <clears throat> battery metals, um, you know, the demand, the, the uh, prices will follow suit. You know, that these will increase and and climb. You know. So, um, uh, plenty of incentive to uh, be building a resource base at this time and further down the track, obviously, uh, getting into production. Yes, that's right. You know, we're trying to do it as quickly as possible. And I think if we can uh, just step back a bit and have a look at the West Pilbara region generally, there's been a lot of corporate and exploration activity up there recently. Most notably, we've had seen uh, the Chilean lithium king, SQM, um, pump $20 million into Azure Minerals, our own Azure, code um, AZS. Uh, now, Azure has outlined 66,000 tonnes of uh, nickel at its uh, project in the West Pilba, but SQM has come in because of uh, the lithium potential. So I'm just wondering, does that, the entry of uh, SQM into that part of the world, does that have any lithium rub off on you guys, perhaps? Yes, look, we're not uh, unconscious of this. Uh, certainly, uh, Zoo have put has put lithium on our radio radar for that for that particular reason, the West Pilbara. Okay, and uh, so we put our lithium glasses on. We've got a fairly large tenement footprint, uh, Green Tech. All of our tenements are around two hundred and fifty square kilometres, of which you know probably around one hundred and eighty or thousand, uh, hundred and eighty uh, sorry square kilometres is in the West Pilbara. Okay, we'll be looking at these uh, from a uh, uh, pegmatite, lithium pegmatite perspective. Okay, and uh, now that we know that they're in the in the area, and uh, yeah, we'll be uh, trying to advance that as well. Uh, not to be distracted from Wandu, of course, but we certainly will be looking at the potential for lithium on uh, pegmatites in uh, our tenements. How does one go looking for these pegmatites? In some ways, it's, it's as simple as boots on the ground, okay? So um, normally they, uh, they, they will outcrop, and uh, West Pilbara is pretty ideal because they, you can, 
they stand out. Uh, the, uh, there's not a great uh, deal of soil development there. It's been all stripped off with by erosion. Uh, so you can see these things in uh, because they're usually light coloured compared to the more more dark coloured mafic rocks that dominate the region, uh, and you can see them on satellite imagery and things like that. So, uh, but generally and as well, you know, uh, geologists uh, walking on the ground, etc., doing traverses in in likely areas, and uh, you know you do see them, and um, and we'll be doing both of those things in selected areas. I take a point about boots on the ground in my at my favourite fishing hole in eastern Victoria. SQM is also farmed in there with uh, Dart Mining, another ASX company, for the uh, lithium uh, potential there. And apparently for near on 20 years now, I've been walking by uh, past these uh, outcrops of uh, pegmatite and uh, haven't known what I've been looking at. So <laughs> there you go. Well, you might have to do a crash course, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, so interesting times for the company. And as I emphasised at the start, uh, with the modest market cap of $5.5 million, um, uh, obviously leveraged to the upside. So I just want to wrap up, if you, Tom, if you could just give investors a feel for what they should be looking out for in the coming, uh, well, the rest of 23, I guess. Yeah, look, we'll um, certainly be uh, progressing Wandu as quickly as we can. Obviously, we want to take care of the take advantage of the current market situations. Okay, so uh, so we'll be moving to uh, give out to release uh, updated resource numbers, and uh, you know potential part we'll be investigating the uh, pathways to uh, for processing and so the options that we may or may not have. Okay, so uh, we can, um, you know, we're not up there just to drill holes. We're there to ultimately uh, do something or develop uh, Wandu, that project, and uh, bring in any any of the uh, nearby things like Bertram, etc., and Ruthwell, etc. You know, to add to our, our inventory. So uh, we'll have that critical mass uh, to to move that project forward. And of course, um, you know, some of the other blue sky stuff, of course, as you mentioned, lithium, we'll be looking at our tenements as well. And we may very well uh, find some things there. So uh, that's where, what we will be doing going forward uh, in the near term. Alrighty, Tom. Thanks for that uh, wrap up at the end there. And uh, in- interesting bunch of portfolios. Lithium uh, may be in the background there. So we'll be watching with interest as 23 unfolds. So good luck with it all. And thanks for your time again. No worries at all, Barry. Nice to chat.